Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and I am bringing you today an episode that has had many requests in my Facebook listeners community, as well as people asking when I do uh, AMAs on Instagram. And I teased it a month or so ago saying I'm going to get to this topic finally. But, uh, you know, I, I love to talk about all these things. And as you know, I do solo shows with no guest where I just do my own research and, and uh, share what I've found. And then I like to bring on guests when it's a topic that I feel like I need to still learn more about myself. And that's exactly what today's show is. This is something that has been around for as long as any of well, longer than any of us, a lot longer, uh, but it's kind of just getting into the public consciousness as we move forward. Uh, my guest, who I'll introduce in just a moment, uh, was uh, you know, we were talking prior to hitting record here, and uh, he was explaining how uh, in the early years of, of uh, marketing this product that uh, people were like, what the heck is that? And had to go do their own research and then decided, oh, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I should try this stuff. So It'll be interesting to see the feedback and hear the feedback that we get on this episode because I think a lot of people uh, listening right now don't even know what this is. Some of you know what it is and aren't quite sure if you want to do anything with it, and others are probably using it right now. So we're going to talk about something called Shilajit, or Shilajit, or uh, I call it Shilajit to quit because you know I'm an 80s kid, but regardless, Shilajit is a... Uh, fascinating topic, I think, and I, I've got a fantastic guest who has uh, five years of experience uh, researching it and marketing it uh, and uh, a longer uh, list of experience prior to that. In fact, his name is Nico Zabalza. Uh, he's a biohacker with a decade of study in alternative medicine and herbalism. After working as a supplement specialist at a health food store, which of course we love those guys, uh, he founded Black Lotus Shilajit in order to bring the best quality Shilajit out to the world. Nico, welcome to Vitality Radio. It's an honor to be here, Jared. Appreciate it. Uh, really happy to have you. So, uh, you know, we don't know each other much. We met five minutes ago. I asked you a couple of questions, but uh, I'm going to get to know you as my audience does. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how this uh, Shilajit thing came to be for you. Uh, what got you into it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've always been into unique, natural superfoods and things like that. And Shilajit definitely fits that box. And it was kind of just such a curious product that uh, we brought in Sun Foods into the health food store I worked at, and we got to try a free sample. And I chose the Sheila G powder just because it was the weirdest thing, and I wanted to try it and learn more about it. And from that, it kind of continued. And my business partner Christian, we got we worked there together, and we've been into we've been on this journey for ten years of health. And um, he told me to try the resin instead because he had gotten it from someone through Instagram. And so I tried it and it, it had 
amazing benefits and wonders and not like the powder. For some reason, the powder wasn't as effective as the actual raw resin. And so I found a bulk source of it uh, to try myself and incorporate it into my previous herbalism company. And yeah, we had amazing benefits. Everyone that tried it had, was raving about it. Some people were on the verge of of death almost, and it brought them back in a week. And it just really, you could tell it was nourishing these people's vitality, overall life force. And for me, I just really enjoyed the the extra energy. I could tell it just gave me that that boost, that kind of background energy in my cells. And yeah, I just became kind of fascinated with where it came from, how it was formed, um, the different kinds of Shilajit and how it's been used for over 6,000 years. Awesome. So you just gave me three questions I can ask right there. So the first one is for people who are unaware or don't know much about Shilajit, let's first just talk about what it is and then let's talk about where it comes from. Yeah. So Shilajit is a mineral exudute of mountains that forms as they as the mountains form the crust of the earth gets trapped underneath at, um, underneath the crust and that you know it has all the organic matter soil fossils minerals trees resins all kinds of things go under the earth and over millions of years, they go through different chemical and geothermal processes um, to come into its final form, which is the shilajit, which is essentially eternal. And the pressure from the mountains builds like power for the shilajit to go up the cracks within the mountain. And then during the summer months, on top of these, you know, huge, like 16,000 foot tall mountains, it's always frozen, but during the summer, it expands because of the heat and it actually cracks open the rocks and starts oozing out the, the crevices and cracks of the mountains. Yeah. It's, it's really funny because the first time I ever heard uh, of Shilajit, I, I heard, I think somebody described it as the black tears of the mountain. And uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, that sounds weird. Right. <laughs> like, okay. So, so, but, but I get, because for years, I've recognized that the earth itself holds, you know, a massive amount of nutrition that can be utilized by humans, right? Um, you know, all of our plants that we eat, and uh, if, if, if you're someone who eats uh, meat, uh, you're getting the nutrition that's coming from the earth, from the soil, uh, many of those minerals. And we talk all the time about how, especially in America, the soil itself has been so depleted because of, you know, monocropping and all the other issues with modern farming practices. But, and, and then there's also mineral deposits that are ancient mineral deposits right here in my backyard just about we have the great salt lake and the great salt lake is a, a phenomenal resource for trace minerals lots of companies digging mineral or not digging but pulling minerals out of the lake uh and then we talk about uh you know ancient salt mines where we get himalayan salt and here in utah again real salt and with all these rich mineral sources there but so then for me, when I very first heard about it, knowing literally nothing other than it was this black stuff that oozed out of mountains, um, I thought, okay, so minerals. But it's more than minerals when we talk about shilajit. It's a little bit of a different animal for sure. So yeah. first, I guess, because I did already ask this question, tell us, you said 16,000 foot peaks and things like that. So where is most of this shilajit, or rather, where's your shilajit coming from? 
Our shield G is coming from the Altai Mountains, which is in Siberia, and it borders Kazakhstan, Mongolia, and Russia, um, south of Russia, north of Mongolia. And that's where our source has been getting it for generations. Um, it also forms in the Himalayan Mountains. It actually also forms in Utah, um, in the Rocky Mountains. It forms pretty much anywhere there's really tall mountains that are very old. Um yeah. Do we do we know why it's? It, I mean, is it a certain elevation before you're actually seeing shilajit? That's something I don't quite understand. Yeah, I don't think anyone really understands exactly how it was formed because I have one of the only textbooks about shilajit, and it's kind of vague about how exactly it forms. This is more of an organic chemistry textbook, but yeah, it there's some kind of geological process that goes on within the mountain as it forms that kind of causes that mixture or yeah composite of these things that then go through the processes to become shilajit kind of like petroleum in a way where it forms certain pockets mm -hmm. um within the earth um but yeah i i haven't exactly cracked the geological aspect of of how or why it's in these, it's in the tallest mountains, but there's something about the, how the mountains form. That's pretty much what I've gathered from, from the research. And that's why it's in the tallest mountains. That's really interesting. So is there a level, I mean, I mean, how many thousand feet are we talking before we're starting to find Shilajit generally? Um, from what I know, it's, it's definitely above 10,000 or mm -hmm. something like around 10,000. And then apparently the best Shilajit is just the highest, one because it's been in the mountain allegedly the longest okay uh, yeah or interesting. that's yeah that's where it kind of protrudes from but it's it's interesting how they discovered it because i don't know if you heard that monkeys and goats were seen climbing to the tops of the himalayan mountains to eat it and then villagers that's how villagers discovered it and then how it was incorporated into ayurvedic medicine so they kind of did what the animals were doing and were like, oh, wow, those animals are looking healthy. And for some reason, they're climbing to the top of that mountain to eat that black stuff. And let's try it. <laughs> that is really interesting. I'd not heard that. But, you know, it's 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 always fascinating to me, you know, as a as a kid who grew up in a health food store, um, learning a little bit about Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine and these ancient practices, you're right, that have been around for thousands and thousands of years and the wisdom that comes from that. And then also being a kid who grew up, you know, in Utah, where there's a, a great Native American culture and, and Native American herbalism. And then Dr. Christopher, who started right here with his herbal medicine. Um, there's all these really cool things that I've that have been discovered over the centuries. And I've often wondered, how the heck did they figure this stuff out? Right. I mean, you, you know, there's a mushroom that looks like it might be good and they eat that one and it's poison, right? Or they eat that one and it's good. And it's really interesting. So I think that's fascinating that they essentially followed the animals and figured, well, the animals have some instincts. Uh, let's see what they're doing. And here comes Shilajit. That's, that's fascinating to me. Okay. So then, as I said before, it's certainly more than minerals. So talk to us about what else is found in Shilajit. Yeah, so Shilajit has 85 ionic trace minerals. We've actually tested almost 40 of them, um, and it's definitely in there. They're not in the amounts that you would find in like the concentrates, mineral drops, or anything mm -hmm. like that. 
but they do have significant amounts and they're way more absorbable than regular minerals because of the structure, because it's organic um, and because of the other constituents that are in it. So the main thing actually about shilajit, which was kind of a shock to me because I always imagined it to be just a mineral supplement, like you were saying, was that it actually is 80 to 90% by weight, fulvic and humic acid which are extremely powerful antioxidants, very rare, very, very strong magnetic ionic fields in the, in the structure molecularly, impossible to recreate in a lab. And it's the highest source naturally of fulvic acid in nature. It's about 80% by weight. So one dose of shilajit, 250 milligrams, has 200 milligrams of fulvic acid, which is kind of the magic sauce of why Shilajit is so excellent in general, why it's great for detoxing and absorbing these minerals and why in Ayurvedic medicine, they considered it a rasayana or a supertonic because you can mix it with other herbal preparations and it'll enhance the efficacy uh, due to its fulvic acid content, taking the nutrients where they need to go in the body and opening the cell walls um, to let that in and then clean them out. So then you've got uh, a couple of different, uh, I guess, mechanisms of action there with the fulvic acid in there, um, as I understand it, and, and you and you laid it out there, right? It, it essentially assists in the absorption of other nutrients that are taken with it, which of course also means the minerals that are in the shilajit itself have a, a really nice clean path into the cells. And then you also have the detoxification properties. Uh, talk a little bit about why... Uh, why you believe that uh, shilajit is an effective detoxifier? Um, it's it's mainly due to the fulvic acid because the fulvic acid molecule, what it does is essentially trigger the cell to open the cell wall. It dilates the cell wall. And because of its extremely powerful charge, it's able to pull the negative, the trash out of the cell, pretty much the waste because that's charged a certain way and the, then the molecule is charged away to where it attracts it. So it's able to even cross the, the brain barriers and um, get metals out of the brain and trap them effectively within the structure of the fulvic acid to then eliminate it out of the body without it harming your organs or, or kind of having detox symptoms. So it's great addition to doing regular, you know, like a liver detox where all these things are flushed into your body so this kind of picks it up like a sponge and takes it out of your body. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the main mechanism of action with the detoxifying process. Okay. So what have you experienced or what do we know in terms of research has been done up to this point that uh, differentiates the fulvic acid and uh, shilajit versus other sources of fulvic acid? Or are we essentially looking at the same compound? It is, in theory, the same exact compound because other sources are essentially soil. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I don't think, I think there's some in like molasses, but very little. Um, but yeah, it's, it's essentially not extracted fulvic acid. It's in its original form, how nature created it. Um, when you extract it, when you extract anything, it goes through a certain process and that process can degrade you know, the, the structure of it or certain aspects of it. It's not mm -hmm. in its original format. It doesn't have that same like entourage effect that you would with the other constituents in the shilajit, some minerals, 
um, some of those amino acids that are in there. Um, so I think it's superior in that regard because it has all those other constituents. It hasn't been extracted. It's the highest source in nature. And fulvic acid is pretty well studied, but shilajit is not. So a lot of the benefits of shilajit can definitely be, you know, touted to, to the fulvic acid in there. All right. And, and you're, I, I'm curious what you suspect, right? Because we have, we live in a world now where um, I think most people are looking for scientific research to prove something, right? And, and of course, we also live in a world where propaganda being what it is, oftentimes science is used almost against us, <laughs> or at least the term science. Yeah. Uh, and so we have to be a little cautious because science can essentially be bought and paid for, and there's a bunch of things like that. But uh, not to get go down that rabbit hole, where we have limited information uh, about shilajit versus something like fulvic acid or other trace mineral sources that have been, you know, more well recognized for an extended period of time, that kind of thing. What do you suspect, based on your years of experience with shilajit, that we're going to find? Because shilajit's hot enough now, there will be more research done. I'm I'm confident of that. What yeah. What do you think you're going to see versus you know, other, I, I guess let's say sort of like products, you know, humic acid, fulvic acid, things like that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to hold up due to its high amounts and because it's extracted. So like, I think it's pretty well established that eating, you know, a lot of blueberries is better than eating the antioxidants in blueberries extracted out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I think there's a reason why shilajit is, is is in the earth why it's coming out of the earth why animals are eating it and why it has all of these different things working synergistically together and um and for example like in ayurvedic tradition it's considered the sweat of creation and it kind of metaphorically i could see that but also literally it is because as the mountains are created it's that's the off you know, that's the product of that whole system of, of growth of the earth. And I think people are going to find that shilajit is, is as effective as it's been claimed to be for 6,000 years. Um, it's, it was actually in the first ever book about Ayurvedic medicine and surgery called the Charak Samhita. It was written in 500 BC, so 2,500 years ago. They were writing about shilajit, about different surgeries, about different super tonics in the Ayurvedic manual. And sh they literally says shilajit. Basically, there's, I think the direct quote is, there's no disease that shilajit can't cure if administered with the right proportion of different herbs. Um, just because it is that essence of the earth. And I think, you know, some some studies show that there's actually carbon 60 in shilajit, which is an extremely powerful antioxidant, um, Buckminster fullerene. And it's actually the same structure that's in shungite, which is why it has EMF reduction properties is because of these Buck fullerene or Buckminster fullerenes. Um, and shilajit has that same structure. So I think, people are going to find something different about shilajit. Some, maybe something like about the electromagnetic structure of it or, 
or frequency of it that it just comes from the earth and it's like human fertilizer in a way where it it is like you know it, it's almost like if you mushed a person into something you would get something similar to shilajit <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> it's like the essential elements and and nutrients that essentially created life or that cre- life is created out of in, in a way so it's really fascinating to me because you know I was starting to say it and then I kind of sidetracked myself but I I believe and have believed and I've I've seen so much evidence over the years uh, again you know growing up in a health food store and helping people with things because when I was a kid and helping people you know I started working with customers one on one answering questions when I was 14 years old so we're talking like 36 37 years ago now and there was so little science that backed up most of what we were talking about back then. It was mostly anecdotal evidence. And it wasn't like we were a bunch of hucksters trying to you know, con people into stuff. We believed what we were saying, but we didn't have a lot of science to back it up. I mean, I remember when the first fish oil studies came out for omega-3, and we started touting that because we actually had some research we could talk about, which was pretty cool. Because prior to that, it was like, well, traditionally, this herb's been used for this, and this herb's been used for that, and we know a little bit about this and a little bit about that. And as things have come forward, of course, there's a ton of science to back up that a lot of what we were saying and claiming back then was absolutely true. And now we have proof, but we had proof anyway. It just wasn't double blind placebo control proof. It was proof, you know, as they say, the proof is in the pudding where we would recommend a thing and a person would get a result and we could see that that was actually working and doing the job. And there is a certain wisdom that is that I don't think anybody in their right mind can deny the wisdom of nature and what is here for us already. You mentioned raw shilajit, and that word is an interesting word because when we think about nutrition, a lot of us anyway do recognize that the things that come in their raw state are oftentimes the most nutritious, right? Because as we process things, cook things, remove things, adjust things, uh, we are losing what you know nature originally prepared for us to some degree. And so I suspect, and I know a whole heck of a lot less about Shilajit that you, that, than you do, that we are going to see some really, really interesting things that stand up in terms of the claims that people have made about Shilajit, like this 2500 year old claim that you just uh, stated <laughs> yeah. uh where we're going to see oh now we actually understand the mechanism mechanism as to why people were making these claims you know as the science moves forward i'm really fascinated on this topic i think it's going to be really cool to watch over the next 5 10 20 years and see you know what we really learn so let's talk about the word raw now when you guys are making shilajit you guys have it in a tablet form you have it in a resin form you have it in a liquid uh uh I guess it's, well, I don't know, would you call it, would you consider that an extract, the liquid, or is it just a liquid form of the resin? It's not, it's not an extract. It's okay. It's so a, the whole resin's still tincture. in there. Yeah. It's a tincture. A tincture. Okay. Um, to a certain extent. It's basically okay. a shilajit liquid. I guess. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. It's not, it's not really changed other than it's added to uh, a liquid uh, composition. And then I think it's really cool. You have a shilajit in honey, which I think is interesting. Now I haven't tried that yet and I, I need to, um, I've tried the resin and I've tried the tablets up to this point personally. Uh, but I've, I got to give the honey a try and definitely the liquid as well. 
But you're very specific about the way that you're processing your shilajit to essentially make it as unprocessed as possible, as I understand it. So walk us yeah. through that process. You get a raw material, which is just this resin, which if you've never seen shilajit resin, it's like this kind of black, tarry kind of paste. I don't know how to describe it. It's an, it was a really interesting little thing. Uh, okay. You get it like that, and then what do you do with it? So... We, yeah, we get it in big tubs, about okay. six kilos per tub. And from there, we directly take it out, weigh it, put it in a jar. That's the raw shilajit. Um, for the tablets, though, that's the raw shilajit uh, compressed. It's slightly dried a little bit more, or the moisture removed through through a vacuum. And then they're just pressed into tablets. So there's no binders, no fillers, no preservatives, like a lot of other brands have. And no it's, heat being used? No heat. Okay. So it's all under 100 degrees, essentially. Awesome. And it's all, yeah, the, the tablet is just completely compressed shilajit. So it's exactly the same thing as the resin, except with a little bit less moisture. And then the shilajit honey we mix some raw shilaji into a tiny bit of water and then get that into just some distilled water. And then we use that kind of sludge and we add honey <laughs> to it. And then it, you know, we made sure that the percentage of the moisture in the honey would still be good to keep just like regular honey would, mm -hmm. um, which was quite a, a learning experience, which was cool to like test the different moisture of honey and like do all these ratios. And then the tincture is simply the same thing, just with glycerin instead of honey. Um, and we use an organic coconut oil derived glycerin. So um, yeah, it's not from palm or soy or, or anything okay. like that. So this is really interesting, and it's one of the things that got me excited about your brand specifically is that I've seen resin out there, and I've seen tablets out there. When I was talking to um, Don, the rep that uh, services my store for your company, uh, she said, yeah, and what's, there's a couple of really cool, unique things about this company. One is that their tablet is just shilajit. There's nothing else in it. It's just a pressed version of the of – the, um, resin. I thought that was very cool because again, I love this, you know, really getting back to how it came from the earth uh, concept. And then when I found out about the honey and the, the glycerin um, liquid shilajit, I thought those were also pretty unique and, and different and, and interesting ways for people to use it because let's face it, Nico, the resin itself is pretty strong, right? <laughs> <laughs> To put, put it lightly, yeah. <laughs> you put that in your mouth, and I was like, "Whoa, that that packs a little bit of a punch." And yeah. some people, I know some people that freaking love it. They're like, "Oh yeah, this is great. I'm gonna put a little, you know, a little dab of this stuff on my tongue. I think it's great." I'm sure yeah. others are like, "Whoa, please give it to me some other way." <laughs> yeah. um, but I love that every form that you guys have come up with is still basically just raw shilajit. You're just giving people dosage form, you know, options. So what would you say are the pitfalls that could that you could fall into as a company uh, in terms of, I don't know, kind of messing it up, messing up this amazing thing that uh, that has, has been provided for us? What are things that uh, that you're not doing that you're seeing done in other uh, in other, uh, you know, shilajit facilities, things like that, that you 
stayed clear of, I guess? Um, I guess the main thing I've noticed is the quality of the material it's stored in for the most part. You know, we use Myron glass and which is the highest quality biophotonic actually enhances the product and never degrades um, compared to like a plastic tub where you might mm-hmm. be scratching plastic as you're scooping it out of there. Um, and then we lab test every single batch. A lot of companies don't, don't do that. They, you know, they have one lab test from like three years ago and that's it. But we make sure to lab test every batch and we are putting batch numbers on, on every product. So then you'll be able to check it on the website. What, what are you looking for in your lab test? Let me stop you there real quick. Yeah. So on the lab test, we test for fulvic acid, humic acid, moisture, pH, um, bacteria, yeast and mold, um, and then heavy metals. Are there fo- sources of shilajit that have a lot of heavy metals in them coming from different parts of the world? Um, you know, for for the most part, and we've tested about 10 different kinds and okay. been approached from 25 different sources. And, you know, most of them do have certificate of analysis with lab tests and Shilaji in general does not have high amounts of heavy metals unless it was directly, you know, coming out of a place which might have or stored in something like aluminum barrels where it leached Mm -hmm. a ton of aluminum out. So that I think happened once or twice where India was storing it in barrels and then it was tested and had a ridiculous amount of whatever it was stored in. Um, So we make sure that that isn't happening, but our levels are well below the proposition 65 levels of I'm sure you know you're familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a so that's a strict standard. It is a very strict standard, about yeah. like a hundred times stricter than the FDA standard. So yeah, um, yeah. We when we found that out, we like were a hundred percent certain that it didn't have anything that could harm anyone, and that's a lot. I mean, I wouldn't take it if it did for sure. Right, so right. I'm very much a purist. I don't like putting anything in my body that doesn't belong there. Well, um, and it, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it's interesting, Nico, because I was very, um, I was very slow to jump on the Shilajit bandwagon. And the reason for that is that I wasn't sure how to figure out if I had a good product or not. And whenever something comes out and it happens in our industry all the time, something comes out, somebody puts it on TikTok or Instagram or who knows where. And all of a sudden, everybody in the world wants the stuff, and people start coming into little health food stores like mine and saying, hey, where's your Shilajit or your castor oil? That's the big one right now, or whatever <laughs> else it is. And sometimes I'm ready for that because I had something I already had on my shelf. I already kind of vetted it, made sure it's a good stuff. But I, I haven't really done much with Shilajit because I just wasn't really sure where to start. All the brands that I'd seen, I'd, I'd never heard of the company. Their marketing sounded good, but I didn't really see anything that indicated to me that they necessarily knew what they were doing. And I didn't know enough about Shilajit to know, because that was one of my biggest concerns was the heavy metal content, because, you know, where it comes from, there could certainly be a lot of heavy metals in there. Uh, We certainly know that uh, a lot of organic matter does have a lot of heavy metals in it. 
And so what really lured me in uh, with Black Lotus, uh, Shilajit, was that batch-by-batch testing. I thought that was a really, really important factor. I have no idea if other companies do that or don't, but I knew you did, and I knew you could back that up and and provide the information on a batch-by-batch basis, which was honestly that and what I mentioned earlier, the fact that you just weren't messing with it uh, any more than you absolutely had to to give us a few options of ways to take it. That's what sold me, and and that's why I decided to bring it into Vitality Nutrition. So I'll say this, kudos for that, because that's what, you know, broke down the wall for me. So your company opened up, you know, dilated my Shilazit cells, right? Like you were saying. No, anyway, so we brought it in. We've got it on the shelf, and I just am really excited about it. Now, you mentioned pH. There's a lot of talk and and a lot of talk on social media about something that uh, is known as a binder out there. And so we have things like, of course, folic acid, humic acid, zeolite. Uh, we have uh, a variety of different carbon uh, products, uh, activated charcoal, uh, things like this that you know bind toxins like you talked about earlier and help to escort them out of the body. And lots of people are talking about their different ways that they've kind of made, you know, the better mousetrap when it comes to, you know, pulling toxins out of the body. And one of the things that I'm hearing is that the pH is a major factor in that. Um, what are you looking for with your pH with the Shilajit? Um, we, ju- I th- we mainly just make sure it's within the range that it we know it's supposed to be in. Um, it's usually around 8 to nine pH. Um, okay. More, most of the time on the higher side. Um, but it is not supposed to be acidic. So that's something we look for. And we're actually going to start testing for, for glycine as well. Cause that's a good indicator of, of the amino acid structures in there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. So you're looking basically to make sure that it, it is as it was supposed to be again in nature, just this raw unadulterated type of yeah. a product. And for people that aren't familiar with the pH scale, what, where does acid start and where does alkaline start on that scale? You said your stuff is in the eight to nine range. Yeah. So that's alkaline and below seven is, is acidic. So we okay. just make sure it's, it's above a seven and yeah, it's usually between the 8.5 to nine, nine range. Okay. And I, I personally, you know, don't think that alkaline water is, is as good as people say. I think the Shilajit is just excellent for, for that cleansing and it's just supposed to be in that range. I think because of the minerals, um, like certain minerals equal increased pH. And I think that's why naturally most spring water, it has a high alkalinity, mm-hmm. um, but I think my experience with because I drink a lot of distilled alkaline water and I think that was not not good for me so I, I like to be careful with that yeah I I'm leaning very heavily that direction myself as well I think there's other I, I'm not sure that the pH of water is um, as big of a deal as some of the marketer, marketers have kind of made it out to be um, the purity of water I think is probably the most important thing at least in my book <laughs> yes so when we talk about the the uh, uh, Shilajit, and I, I want to go back to the honey really quick because I'm really curious. What type of honey are you using and why? Yeah, so we're using raw wildflower honey uh, from a local beekeeper that we met at the farmer's market. And I mean, there's a few reasons. Just because I like to support local people in the area, 
-hmm. it's local honey to where we're at and raw honey is just optimal that you know i know that he uses no sprays or anything so it's just essentially organic raw wildflower honey that's unfiltered and that's what i normally would use so i didn't want to use anything that i wouldn't like we were looking for the cheapest honey but getting like 55 gallons from argentina for half the price that's (laughs) like if i wouldn't take it i wouldn't want to sell it so pretty much we just got the best quality honey that we could personally find in our area um and that's why we went with it and it is really good honey honestly and we just love you know, supporting this like guy who just has four little apiaries. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. You guys are in Florida. Is that right? Yeah. And in, okay. in Northern Florida, we're based of, I live in Asheville, but uh, I just moved here this past year, but our operation is in Melbourne, Florida. Okay. And, um, with the, with the honey, what, what's a serving size? Cause in the, in the tablets you're recommending, in fact, let's go through them in the tablets. Yeah. What's kind of a typical serving size per day? So the tablets I have them here, they're in a blister pack. Are we, we usually just recommend taking one per day. Um, they're very small. Um, yeah, they're tiny. Yeah, so that's one dose. It's 200 milligrams. Slightly less than what we recommend with the other products. With the resin, we recommend a pea size, which is 250 milligrams. With the tincture, it's 1.5 um, dropperfuls. So just one and a half dropper fulls is about 1.5 milliliters that has 250 milligrams. Mm-hmm. And then with the honey, it's one teaspoon. So one teaspoon of honey has 250 milligrams of shilajit and it's okay. very well blended. So it doesn't require any shaking or anything. It's just nice and nice and blended in there. Is the honey pretty dark then? Is it kind of blackish? Like oh a yeah. Sheet? Is it, it? Okay. It is pitch, pitch black. Oh really? open this so you can see that's what it oh is. yeah, yeah okay it's, it's black black <laughs> and um how does it taste um it tastes like a shilajit lollipop <laughs> like, <laughs> like a like a sweet shilajit sweet and smoky it's like shilajit on its own has a very smoky campfire yes burnt tire type of taste yeah yeah um, with the honey it Tastes like that, but sweet. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and I imagine the glycerin, the liquid, is also a sweeter version of the... Slightly sweeter. Not yeah. as sweet as the hunt. The sure. Honey, but, sure. Um, definitely makes it more palatable. Yeah. What do people seem to prefer? What What are your best sellers in that group? You know, it used to be the tablets, but recently it's been pretty even, surprisingly. Like... um yeah, pretty even. So across I think all four, like yeah, I think people like the convenience of the tablet. So I sure. think that still is the number one, um, just because you don't have to taste it, and then you, um, um, it's very convenient for on the go. You don't have to dissolve it. Some people though, they love the resin because it's their purest. They love how it just yeah. the raw shilaji. It's kind of fun. It's like. Laffy Taffy, and then you know they put it under their tongue, and it's like a spiritual experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you that it is the worst Laffy Taffy I've ever tasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, my my good friend's son, who's like two, whenever he's crying, he gives him a tablet of Shilajit, 
and he sent me a video. He was like hysterically crying. He like bites the tablet and then he just starts smiling. And he like loves this. Oh, shit. that's wild. That's I'm wild. Like, dude, that guy <laughs> interesting taste buds. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, he's gonna be the least picky kid on the planet. Yeah. Um so let's talk let's talk about that because that was actually the next question I was gonna ask. What do we know about it for kids? Any concerns of doses or lowering dose for kids or any of that kind of thing? Um yeah, lowering the dose would be optimal. It's it's safe in any amount. Like for, for any human. I would recommend starting small though. So if it's a kid's first time trying it. You know, I, if I take 250 milligrams and I would probably give a kid 75 to 100, mm-hmm. um, something like that. But it's extremely safe. So you're not going to see any any issues. It might just be too much energy or something like that at yeah. first. You just want your body to become accustomed to that amounts of minerals since they're so lacking in food. It kind of fills in all those gaps. So you just you want to start small and let your body kind of incorporate it into itself at a healthy rate. Um, but yeah, we're actually considering making a kid's tincture, um, which would be pretty much the same thing, just lower dosage and it would be in the kid's section. Um, but there is, we're, we're kind of battling with it because there is no clinical research. And if you look it up, it says, you know, there's not enough research to say that it's good or bad for kids. So gotcha. that might be, you know, a little hurdle if we do launch it. So we're kind of considering just not <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Let, yeah. letting parents decide for themselves, essentially. Yeah. 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 But it, it would like I would 100 percent give it to my kids that and a lot of my friends give it to their kids. They love it. They definitely feel the benefits. And you're kind of getting that assurance that they're at least building up those minerals that they're not getting yeah. in their diet and all the other benefits that go along with it. Right. Okay. And so no no reason to uh, take breaks from it or anything. You can use it as a daily supplement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we don't say that you got to take it the rest of your life every day. Um, you, you, people just naturally take breaks and whenever your body feels it, then take it, take more. If you're, if you're not feeling it, don't take it. But yeah, some, some companies recommend taking a break every three weeks or something like that. We haven't felt any sort of issue with that or that it's really necessary or there's anything backing that up. Um, so we don't recommend that per se, but we just say, take it according to your needs. Um, Everybody's different. It's not, you know, it's not going to like save your life. It's also not going to do any damage if you take it (laughs) every day for the rest of your life. And are there any concerns uh, with interactions with pharmaceuticals or anything like that that people should know about? None that we have found any research on. There's... There's like one site that says it might affect cardiovascular um, pressure. Um, we haven't found any thing backing that at all. And from our experience, there's zero contraindications with any medications, no side effects that we've, you know, we've been selling it for five years. We've sold hundreds of kilos. Not one person has returned it because it made them sick. They just, They've only returned it because it was sticky, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't taste good or whatever, right? Yeah. So all right, nothing, nothing 
And there are a lot of clinical studies um, in the past few decades about the efficacy, about the safety. The only time it's been detrimental to the health of um, the animals they were experimenting on was when they gave them so much that their stomach burst. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So don't take as much shilajit as can fit in your stomach and you're, you're good. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, so then a couple other questions before I let you go. Uh, one would be um, as far as you know the purported benefits of shilajit. Uh, you know, obviously there's things we can say, things we can't say uh, about supplements. But what are kind of the historical uses? What are people reporting uh, in terms of uh, benefits uh, that you're seeing? Yeah. So the number one benefit is the supertonic aspect, which is it helps you absorb everything better. So from your food, from your other supplements, um, from your water, from the shilajit itself, you're actually able to absorb and assimilate much of those things. Even if your digestion is excellent, there's no you know guarantee that you're absorbing or assimilating 100% of these things. With the shilajit, that probably doubles with the amount you're actually absorbing and assimilating. The shilajit is amazing because it actually bypasses your digestion as a whole. So it directly just absorbs into your bloodstream even before it gets to your digestive process. You could actually rub it on your skin and experience the same benefits internally as you would as if you ate it because oh, it interesting. is extremely absorbable. And there's actually clinical studies on that. Um, and then... There's just so many different things that it's good for. I'll, I'll make a brief list, but mainly because it affects the organs in such a way that it cleanses them. It gives them the minerals that they need to function. It kind of helps the overall health of the body. So it's not like Shilaji has a very specific thing that it does in your body. It just makes everything function more effectively so that your body goes back to its kind of original blueprint and works how it's supposed to. So your sleep, your... Um, your cravings, your overall energy and mood, um, your digestion, you know, the skin, hair and nails from the minerals. Um, it actually helps with ulcers in your internal ulcers. It helps with weight loss, with joints, with gaining muscle. And there's clinical studies on that. Um, the One of the main things people buy it for these days from us is because of their hormones. So it helps to balance hormones it's been traditionally known to boost testosterone and increase libido. So it was kind of sold as a natural Viagra for a long time, especially in India. Mm -hmm. But that's only because it kind of regulates a man's natural state. It doesn't necessarily do that on its own. It just allows your body to function like how it's supposed to. So for a woman, there's no worry about it boosting her testosterone, for example. It's just going to regulate your the woman's natural hormones and in Ayurveda, it was actually used more as a women's supplement or, or tonic because it helps so much with regulating hormones, regulating women's cycles, um, with anemia in the blood and, um, yeah, helping like the blood and, and it is, it has an affinity for the reproductive system. I will say just because, you know, in like herbal medicine, things where things come from in, in nature is kind of indicative of what it does in your body. So mm -hmm. um, Shilajit comes from these mountains, which are the earth, which kind of represents that part of your body. And so it really does help 
sexual function to to work better and that's kind of one of the the great benefits about it as well um and in mice it was actually shown to to reverse infertility that was induced by cadmium so they gave mice cadmium made them infertile then gave them shilajit and then their fertility was completely restored Hmm. and um yeah so there's so many different things um just because it helps all of the organs cleanse and function at at an optimal level and helps you absorb all those other things from your food from the water and yeah cleanses you out so overall like number one life force and hormones and overall vitality that's what i would say Awesome. I love it. And then you said something I thought was pretty interesting. So, you know, as a guy who owns a health food store, we have like 4,500 products in our store. Um, I have, you know, almost unlimited access to about any supplement I could ever want to take. And I can uh, usually get the product always at least for wholesale and oftentimes for free which makes it a little challenging to figure out what the heck to take, right? Because I have so many options and these are all things that I'm a big fan of and a believer of. So I have to really try and narrow things down and figure out what I'm taking. You own a Shilajit company (laughs) and you take 250 milligrams of Shilajit per day yourself. And that's the dose you use, the same dose you recommend for everybody else? I personally take probably five doses a day. Oh, okay. All right. So why, why is that? Uh, just because I have it and because I feel like I was, I was very nutrient deficient for a while. I was actually vegan for a long time and let's just say it wasn't well suited for me. Uh And, um, so I, I started taking a lot more Shilajit to kind of counteract the, the mineral deficiencies that I was experiencing and, and overall health issues. So I just kind of built it up and I feel good when I take that amount. And yeah, I don't think there's like too much to take. I don't think there's a too little to take. That's just kind of the dose we recommend as a daily maintenance dose, for example. That that one serving 250 milligrams is kind of the daily maintenance dose. Yeah, that's, that's enough, but is more better to a certain extent. You know, I wouldn't take a few grams every day, but... I take about a um, a gram a day. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting because, uh, th- yeah, when you you said I take 250 milligrams, but I guess you meant at a time as opposed to, you know, through a day. Uh, yeah. And that was the reason, that was what sort of spawned the question because you have kind of unlimited access to Shilajit. You get it cheaper than we do, you know, uh, because you're buying it, you know, in bulk like that and everything else. But it is interesting that you're taking that higher dose and find that that higher dose for you anyway is valuable because that is one of the biggest challenges. Maybe it's the biggest challenge for consumers out there is that, you know, we we have a little bit of a gag order on us uh, by FDA in terms of what we can and can't say about products. Um, Oftentimes directions on a bottle are, you know, one tablet daily and they don't tell you anything else, you know, with a meal, without a meal, uh, would two be better for certain things or three be better for certain things, all that kind of stuff. And I know a lot of consumers because I've it seems that my audience to a large degree kind of considers me, you know, the supplement guy, the guy that can help them figure out what a supplement facts panel means and what they should be looking for and how they should take things and when they should take them and that kind of thing. So I always like to dig into that because there are certain people in certain states of health that would probably benefit from more Shilajit than others. 
Maybe mm-hmm. it makes sense, at least in my mind, that maybe a couple of few times a year when you're doing some additional detoxifying, maybe you're running through a liver cleanse or a, uh, you know, other some other sort of detox that taking more during those times could make sense as well. And so, yeah, that was you know sort of the genesis of that question is just trying to figure out. You've been playing with this stuff for you know quite a few years now, and uh, you've settled on a higher dose for yourself. So, it, it, I, I would encourage people listening to you know, pay attention to what I talk about a lot, your innate wisdom about what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Um, If you feel, if you're lined up at Starbucks and you're like, I probably shouldn't drink this, then you probably (laughs) shouldn't drink that. (laughs) And if you're popping your Shilajit tablets and you feel like two might be a better option today, maybe two is the better option for you. Nico, we have run out of time. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave with uh, my audience before I let you go? Um. Yeah, I kind of just want to, again, emphasize the difference between our Shilaji and other Shilaji one last time. I think I'm, I forgot to mention the process of how, you know, I said about when we get the tub, but to, for them, for our source to get the tub, they're going out into the mountains, into the wild, in the middle of nowhere, gathering a ton of resin that's attached to rocks and sediment and sand and different Mm -hmm. things they are taking it back to their you know facility they're washing it with water and just water a lot of other companies use acids or alcohol to extract the shilajit because it's faster um but it does leave behind certain aspects of it and ours is filtered 10 times through sieves that catch all the sediment and then through gauze pads that catch all the clay um which is kind of unique because there's actually a lot of clay in the sh- in other shilajits because they don't use this method and there's things missing because they use alcohol or the acid um and so that's kind of what makes our shilajit more powerful and people do say that they notice the benefits when they switch from a different powder or a different resin to ours um which is great to hear. And, you know, we're super, super proud to have the source that we do that takes it super seriously and does it in the traditional Ayurvedic way by um, letting it dehydrate in the sun or letting the water evaporate in the sun and then, yeah, letting it sit for as long as it needs until it's fully processed. And, yeah, we we take a great pride in lab testing each batch and we use the highest quality glass that we possibly can. Like we don't cut any corners and yeah, we are really grateful and proud to be bringing this magical earth juice (laughs) to the world. (laughs) The black tears of the mountains. Yeah. I love it. I love that because I can deal with water and I can deal with sun a whole lot that I can deal with chemicals and uh, and acids and alcohols and things like that for something that, you know, if we want to get something as it is in nature, it appears to me you guys are doing exactly that. And I appreciate that very much. Nico, I really appreciate your expertise on this subject. I know we got a lot more out of this uh, than I would have had I done it on my own. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on Vitality Radio today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. 
All right. And for everybody else, if you have more questions about what you've heard, you can give us a call 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. You can jump over to vitalitynutrition.com and ask questions there on the chat. We'll have links to uh, some more information on Shilajit as well as links to the products themselves uh, in the show description for you. Uh, Of course, we have it in store as well as online. And we'd love to field your questions, uh, have you try out the Shilajit for yourself, and we'd really love to hear your feedback if you choose to do that. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to me. I appreciate you very, very much. It means the world to me that you're willing to spend part of your busy schedule listening to my voice and the people that I bring on the show for Vitality Radio. Thanks again for all that you do for us and for my family and my small independent business that's been doing this for 46 years. I'm so incredibly grateful. You would not believe. Uh, With Thanksgiving around the corner, I just almost have to pinch myself that I get to do my dream job every single day. So thank you so much. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.